Well, you'll see on your order of service that the title of this morning is called The Rest of the Week. And we're going to look at Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, as we begin this series on Genesis. And the first part of this sermon series looks at the Sabbath and God's resting on the third day. So I had a lot of different angles we could take this morning. I thought that I would just preach an incredibly long sermon so that you could rest and take you a good, nice nap. I'm kidding, of course, but you're welcome to it. It wouldn't be the first time anybody slept through one of my sermons. It probably won't be the last. But this morning, we're going to look at the rest of the week. Brittany and I have a, a phrase that we use oftentimes around our household when we get into the week where we'll just ask a question, what does the rest of the week look like? You all say this kind of thing, what does the rest of the day look like? What's the rest of the week? And what do we got going on the rest of the week? And it often comes along with, there's a lot of stuff that's going on, Right? A lot of things happening, and so we need to talk. What does the rest of the week look like? And I wanted to intentionally call this the rest of the week to help us maybe rephrase when we say, what does the rest of the week look like? To ask maybe a more important question, how will I rest for the week? All right, so instead of saying, what's the rest of the week look like? How will I rest this week? This is the question that we want to unpack this morning. How are we resting, and what does the rest of our week look like when it comes to the Sabbath? At the top of your outline or maybe somewhere on the back, let me ask you a couple of questions. And as we begin, today, I don't know that I'm going to give you a lot of rock-solid answers to your questions. Today may be a little odd in that I want to maybe ask and pose more questions that I answer. I maybe want to have you walk out of this place asking more questions of your own soul, of your Bible fellowship classes, of your families than maybe you walked in here with. So I, I recognize today you may be walking out of here with more an- or questions than you have answers, and that's okay. All right, that's an okay thing for us today. It's good for us to ask questions of our personal walk with the Lord, our personal rest, our personal what does it look like as we take what we've learned today and flesh it out as we walk out of here, okay? So let me give you a few questions to first gauge where we are. And so write these things down. On the left-hand side, you're going to have a left-hand question and a right-hand question, okay? So I'm going to ask you a question. Are you this or that? This is on the left-hand side. I recognize that's your right-hand side. This is that. I'm just going to stop. Let me just give you the questions, okay? Are you drained or are you overflowing? Drained is on the left side, overflowing is on the right. And you got it now, all right? So are you drained and that are you empty? Are you drained or are you just overflowing? Man, you are just overflowing with everything. Are you drained? Are you overflowing? Are you burned out or are you fueled up? Are you burned out or are you fueled up? Are you exhausted or are you energized? Are you spent or are you rested? Now, if you were to look at those things, is your life more in the left-hand column or the right-hand column? Are you drained, burned out, exhausted, and spent? Or do you feel your soul being overflowing, fueled up, energized, and rested? Maybe today as you came to church, as you got your kids ready or you got yourself together, you are just happy you're here. 
and you are exhausted and tired, and it's been a long week after a long month, after a long year, after a long lifetime, right? I heard a story of a photographer that was doing a, a photographing the kids for picture day at school, and he, he got to this one girl, and she was just uh, nervous and trying to figure out what to do, and the photographer, trying to ease her nerves, uh, asked this little girl, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she just kind of responded, I guess I'm just supposed to be tired. <laughs> Seeing parents and grandparents that we're recognizing that many of us in this room are just exhausted. But I recognize that whether you're retired, you can be exhausted. Whether you're a newborn, you can be exhausted too, right? That everybody in between can go through and we can just be gut level exhausted. And the Bible speaks to that. Speaks very clearly indeed for what it means for us as believers, as people to get rest. And so this morning, maybe the first time in this church's history, I will give you permission. If you are too tired, you can close your eyes and you can take a little rest, okay? But if you're at that point, you're too tired, all right? And you're sinning, so go home and repent and get rest, all right? I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding, of course, all right? Just, just joking. All right, so as we get there, Let's dive into our passage together. Genesis chapter two, verses one through three, as we begin this series on Genesis and looking at how God has created and wired us. You see right from the beginning, Genesis two, one through three, let me read it for you. Thus, the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all of his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because, again, God rested from all of his work that he had done in creation. Let me pause right here, and let me pray for you. Lord, bless us with your help. Teach us from your word what this looks like in our souls. Help us to be better resters in you, that we would rest well in your goodness and that we would walk out of here different than when we walked in. It's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. Well, we see the first blank on your outline. I'm not gonna give it to you yet, but you look at what you see in this passage that God created the heavens and the earth and on the seventh day, he rested. Now, you may say, Mark, this is not a pattern for how we're supposed to live. After all, this is Old Testament. We don't have to do any of that stuff. This is Old Testament. It's pre-fall. So in actuality, if this is something that they were supposed to do, Adam and Eve were just chilling in the garden. They didn't have to work that hard. So, I mean, they were just resting all the time, having fun, right? So we're not bound to any of that because after all, Adam and Eve hadn't fallen yet. Sin hadn't entered into the world. They had no curse. And so they were just chilling in the garden. So of course there's plenty of rest. We're under the fall, man. It's not fair. But you see, if we take this pattern, that the Sabbath was instituted and given for our good after the fall in the Ten Commandments, and Jesus affirms it in Mark chapter 2, verse 27, which is the blank on your outline, that says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Let's make sure we get that right. The Sabbath was made for man, not man made for the Sabbath. That God 
worked on those six days and look in your Bible and maybe underline some of these things because I think it's really important how often the Bible emphasizes what happened. On the seventh day, God finished all the work that he had done and he rested from all the work that he had done. And on the seventh day, God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. And God again rested from all the work that he had done. It's almost like he's reminding us that he is resting from all the work that he had done, right? He says it three times. God rested from all the work that he had done. Now, let me just ask you a a hypothetical here. Did God need to rest? Did God come to the end of the sixth day and say, man, I am depleted of everything. I am exhausted. If I don't rest, I'm not going to make it. Do you feel God in all the infinite things that we know about God? Do you feel that he came to the end of the sixth day and just had to take a nap? Would that give you a lot of joy in serving our Lord if after six days of creation, he said, whoo, man, I am exhausted. Of course not. God didn't come to the end of the sixth day and say, I am exhausted, I've got to rest. He put this pattern in for us. Because after all, God didn't come to the end of the sixth day and you just said, you know what, I guess gravity, you got it, just figure it out, gravity. Stars, you stay where, you know, just figure it out, I got to take a nap over here. No, he continued to hold everything together by his goodness. So God didn't need to rest. He didn't deplete himself of resource in his creation. And so I believe God has given and instituted this seventh day rest. And you see Jesus even affirm in Mark chapter two, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, which would mean this Sabbath rest, this idea of rest is a blessing for his creation, not a burden for us. That God has given us this Sabbath. He's given us rest to be a blessing to his creation, not a burden over us. And you see in the Bible, oftentimes the people made the Sabbath a tremendous weight and burden upon the shoulders of God's people. And it was always meant for us to be a blessing to us, not a burden over us. But even still, some of us either don't give us permission to rest. We say things like, when I'm old, I'll rest. When I get to retirement, I, I will rest. When I get through this project, I'll rest. When I get through this season, I'll rest. When I get through this thing, I'll rest. When I get out of high school, I'll rest. When I get out of college, I'll rest. When I get my first job, I'll rest. When I get through my first job and through my first promotion, I'll rest. When I become a manager, I'll rest. When I become the boss, I rest. When I become the leader of the organization, I'll rest. When I retire, I'll rest. And then I've even heard, when I die, I'll rest. Do we feel that's healthy and good? If we look at Genesis and we look how God has so wired his creation, he has built it into the fabric of our being that what is most good and right and healthy for us is to rest. I mean, as we look how God has created male and female, how he has created all things, he has wired this into the very nature of who we are, that we would work hard and labor hard, but there would be a day, there would be set aside, intentional time, that we would rest. 
And, and I know that this can be hard because we'll often say, if I, if I just get here, then I'll be able to rest. If I just get to this point, then I'll be able to rest. If I can, if I can, just, get, if I can just get here, then I'll, then I'll rest. But what you see is that the Sabbath was made for us, for our good, for our thriving, for our well-being. He has given us this great gift. Yet at the same time, we often look at this gift that he has given and said, don't need it. Don't need it. I'm strong and I'm mighty. I'm endless in resource. I don't need it. I'll rest later. I'm good. I don't need it. Can I just lovingly tell you, you do? You do. And can I just tell you here today, it is, it is okay. It is most right and biblical and wise for you to rest. It's good for you to rest. It's good for you to cease your striving and rest. And so let me ask you, number two on your outline, what keeps us, what keeps you from resting? What keeps you from resting? Now, this is where we would ask a multitude of questions and everybody in this room is different. For some of you, you're walking through your first jobs and there's so many demands on you, you feel like you don't and cannot rest. For some of you, you have chirping little birds at your feet every moment asking questions and continuing to ask for things nonstop. For some of you, you're, you're going into different seasons that are tremendously difficult and hard. For some of you, you're trying to figure out how to rest in retirement. But all of us in this room have things that keep us from resting well. Maybe your spouse, maybe your parents, maybe your grandparents, maybe your best friends would help you identify those things that are keeping you from resting. And let me just ask you a, a simple question. Are you, are you too busy? Are you too busy? I mean, we've, we've adorned ourselves in this kind of trophy that we wear that, how you doing? Man, I'm busy. How's the family? We are busy. How's everything at work? Man, we're busy. How's everything going with the family? Man, we're just busy. Busy, busy, busy. We are busy. I mean, how would you feel if you came up to somebody and said, not much going on right now, just hanging out? I mean, you'd kind of be like, are you okay? But like, we, we talk about the busyness like a badge of honor. And so let me just ask you, are, are, we, are we too busy? Are there things that you need to say no to? Are there things that you need to reprioritize in order to make time to rest? Are, is there time in your day that you're wasting that you need to redeem in order to rest? These are questions that I think it would be most important for us to answer if we're too busy for quiet times, if we're too busy for a day to turn off our phones, shut off our email, to set aside all these working things that labor upon us, if we're too busy to set those things aside, can I lovingly tell us we're just too busy? We're too busy. So to move from there, let me give us some practical admonition in this. I'm not just here to ask a bunch of questions and make you feel bad. I'm here to help you a little bit too, okay? So let's turn over to Hebrews chapter four, eight through 11. And let me give you number three, which is strive to enter rest. And this is gonna be a little bit paradoxical, okay? So just bear with me for a moment. You see in Hebrews chapter four, eight through 11, for if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains 
A Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Did you get verse 11? Therefore, strive to enter into that rest. Doesn't this feel a little bit off? I mean, the writer of Hebrews essentially says, work at resting, right? Work hard, strive to rest. Doesn't that feel off a little bit? But doesn't it feel also right? Because it doesn't come natural to us. The writer of Hebrews is saying, work hard at resting. Pastor Max Licato said, take our rest as seriously as we take our work. That's so helpful and instructive. Take our rest as seriously as we take our work. And the writer of Hebrews tells us, strive to enter into that rest. Strive for it. Work on it. Try things. Work at it because it is hard for us to do. It doesn't come natural to us. It's not, it doesn't feel right. At times we've got to work and work and work and work and work and work and work. But the Bible says, strive to rest. Work hard at it. Put things in place to help you. Get people around you. Accountability people to say, are you resting well? And it's not just spiritually for us. It's also physically, emotionally, and mentally. This is how God has wired us as his creation to rest. And so when we forsake it, it creates all sorts of implications down the line. So the writer of Hebrews simply says, strive to enter into that rest. Corey Tinboom had a famous quote that if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Friends, I'm so convinced that so often we get in wheels of busyness that we miss the best that God has for us. To simply sit and enjoy what God has done for you to rest in his goodness. Because after all, come to verse number, point number four for a moment. This is where it all hits the head here. Sabbath points us to Jesus. Sabbath rest points us to Jesus. Look at what the Bible talks about. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Our Savior wants to give you rest. As we come to Jesus, he's not saying, keep working, keep going harder. After all, his last words on the cross were, it is finished. Jesus would come to us and say, here, I want to give you rest. But all the while we're saying, don't want it, I want to go work. All the while when Jesus is saying, come to me, come, put all your burdens and your labors and your trials, put them on me and I want to give you rest. And all the while we're saying, nah, don't think so. I want to keep working and working and working and laboring and laboring and laboring and working and working and working. And all the while, our Savior just says, I want to, I want to give you rest. I want to help you. It's how I've wired you to rest in me. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, which is a lot of us in this room, and I want to give you rest. Isn't that good that Jesus didn't say, come to me and I'm going to put you to work? Come to me and I'm going to make you work harder. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I want to give you rest. This is our Savior. 
Who's saying, not making you feel bad, but saying, I want to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My stars, y'all, this is good. Come to me, I'll, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and you'll find rest for your souls. Can I tell you, you will not find rest in another email answered. You're not going to find rest in picking up and answering the voicemail one more time. You're not going to find rest getting into work extra early. You're not going to find rest not taking your vacation and resting in the Lord when you can. God has so wired in our souls the need for rest. And we, when we forsake it, we do it at our own peril. When we're burned out, when we're exhausted, when we're spent, and when we're drained. So oftentimes, that is when we are most susceptible. It's when we're most susceptible to the schemes of the enemy. Come to me, all your weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. In the midst of Jesus' ministry, in the very height of Jesus going and doing and ministering and healing and doing incredible things, in the midst of all this, what does Jesus say to his disciples? Come with me by yourself to a quiet place and let's get some rest. Isn't that astounding? That there's lines of people needing healing. There's crowds of people needing to be taught. And Jesus takes his disciples and says, hey guys, hey, hey, come with me. Let's get away to a quiet place and let's rest. Some of you need to hear that this morning. Hey, hey, come on, let's get away and let's rest. Some of you need that permission to turn your phones off. One of the most godly things you make it do this week is simply turn your phone off off and listen to what the Lord is calling you to and rest well in him. I could go on and on and on of scripture verses that would remind you. Jesus says, I said these things that you may have peace and in the world you have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Ultimately, Sabbath points us to rest because it reminds us that Jesus said, it's finished. It's finished. God has so ordained and so wired us as his creation to rest. And so this morning, can I give you permission through God's word to rest? As you have questions about it, as you struggle through it, because I can guarantee you, if you want to put this into practice, you will struggle through it. Keep questioning, Lord, what does this look like? How does this flesh itself out in my life and in my world? Dig in, ask questions, and seek after. Strive to rest well. And I promise you, I promise you, it'll be for your own good and for the glory of the Lord. Let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus, that as we follow you, you have given us the beautiful permission, not the obligation or the burden, but the blessing of Sabbath rest. Lord, I pray that we would not forsake it to our own peril. I pray that we would chase after it and seek after it and run after it wholeheartedly. Lord, I pray a, a 
a wellspring of nourishment of our souls would happen this week as we rest in you. As we contemplate your goodness, as we soak on your mercy and your grace, as we're reminded, as we cease our striving, how you have so beautifully wired us to need rest. Lord, help us. Help us in this room who struggle with it to learn from the beautiful gift that you have so given to us. Lord, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.